from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Joe Souchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. Brian Murphy in for Joe Suchere. I've been deputized. Pat will be joining us from sunny South Florida, Southwest Florida, actually. Uh, just before that, I wanted to get into, we were talking about Mark Cuban, right? He just got fined $600,000 for his comments about tanking. Uh, apparently, Adam Silver could have fined him up to $1 million. <laughs> so he kind of split the difference a little bit with him. Well, so he went easy on him. A little bit. <laughs> And it's again, oh, yeah. it's, as a tweeter, uh, Michael McGibbon points out, six hundred grand to Cuban is the difference between investing in an app for cat groomers <laughs> on Shark Tank and not investing in an app for cat groomers on Shark Tank. Pat, what do you think about uh, tanking comments? That. I think six hundred thousand dollars is six hundred thousand money to everybody. Yeah, it's the least of okay. his problems though it's today. Not, <laughs> not like you and me, but it's oh yeah, that thing's. Uh, Fantastic, but I I didn't think they were that blatant this time. But uh, obviously, Adam Silver is very touchy about it because it is such a popular pastime for ten or twelve NBA teams. They're the ones that set up the stupid idiotic lottery that uh, caused fourteen teams to think eh, there might be an outside chance here. We're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Let's tank. So, but you can't uh, speak of it, especially on Doctor J's no. podcast. No, no, you can't. You can't ever mention it. But uh, I think what's happening down in Dallas takes care of Mr. Cuban's uh, ambitions, perhaps to run for president. Yeah, Sports Illustrated uh, dropped a huge bomb. Don't worry about that anymore. Yeah, it sounds like he was running uh, Hef's jacuzzi down there. Well, they had. Yeah, it certainly prevented the last guy from getting elected. Uh, Well well, played. I don't think he. You know, I I don't. He was. There was a lot of accusations made towards the current president. But Still, this is uh, this is uh, a uh, you're the boss and people yeah. are running. Yeah, mock, that's true. And that's it's true. a different environment and now. Plus, you know, if Cuban ran, he would not be appealing to nut jobs. He would try and be appealing <laughs> to uh, to uh, you know sane hum- human beings. Correct. So that would be a pro- That would be a part of it. But uh, yeah, this is uh, apparently uh, Murph is uh, the guy covering from MLB uh, for. Uh, Mavericks.com, the beat writer. Yeah, Earl Sneed. Mavericks. Earl Sneed. He, uh, he beat up uh, a, a girlfriend. And, two. Two of them. Uh, well, I was going to put them in order here. He beat <laughs> up the girlfriend, and then uh, they they kind of said, okay, uh, we'll really put him on probation here. And then they found out there was another girlfriend that he beat up, one of whom worked for the Mavericks, was a live-in working for the Mavericks. And then uh, after that one, Cuban's long explanation uh, was that uh, he thought that if he just fired him and turned him loose that he might get worse, so they thought they would send him through uh, uh, counseling to get over this uh, problem he had. And uh, I, uh, I don't think that has worked out for anybody there. Unfortunately, the HR was, director was a mess, too. <laughs> Yeah, the HR director was. Uh, what happened then is all the women in the uh, in the place said, "Okay, so this is quite a place to work, where you can beat up a coworker, a female coworker who's your live-in girlfriend, and uh, continue to be employed." That didn't work too well. So, for those of you wondering, Sports Illustrated dropped a pretty big story yet last night on its website. Basically, interviewed uh, about a dozen uh, former and current. Uh, 
employees of the Mavericks who described a culture rife with, quote, misogyny and predatorial sexual behavior, alleged public fondling by the team president, outright domestic assault by a high-profile member of the website staff, unsupported or even intimidating responses from superiors who heard complaints, and even an employee who openly watched pornography at his desk. So it's uh, serious damage control for Mark Cuban, one of the highest profile uh, sports owners in the country right now. Apparently, this Turdemi, Turdema Usuri, Usuri is he was he the president? Yes, the he was serial the harasser. They yes, said he and he was there for about uh, fifteen years. He left in two thousand fifteen. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, not, not looking good for Mr. Cuban here, and I would think, considering they have taken themselves down to the bottom here as a franchise, uh, you throw that in on top of this, and uh, I would think they'd have some empty seats there uh, next season, wouldn't you? Yeah, they're going to have some empty seats in the front office pretty soon, too, because there's going to be a house cleaning down there, I think. It's already started. <clears throat> it might be well, league got, mandated. They've already gotten rid of uh, Usery or whatever his name is. Well, he I left on that. his own in 2015, but I think uh, wherever he's working now, I think it's Under Armour. Apparently on his bio, it suddenly says he's on sabbatical. <laughs> So it's from, it's uh, from Under from Armour. Under Armour. Oh, okay. He went from uh, the Mavericks to Nike to Under Armour, and apparently these uh, Sports Illustrated's inquiries have trickled down all the way to the point where uh, he may be looking for work uh, very soon again with a tarnished rep. Well, I'd say well tarnished. Well tarnished. Yes. Well earned. It sounds like if you well, were... Cuban is uh, strutting around as the uh, as the smartest man in America. It hasn't worked out too well. What's the show he's on? Shark Tank. Uh, Shark Tank. The NBC, I, what, I believe. I wonder what happens to him there. Uh, well, any show I, called I Shark Tank, uh, and uh, I think Trump got his start on CNBC, right? Wasn't that where his first show, or was it always NBC, was The Apprentice? I, can't well, I wonder you. if Cuban might uh, be asked to uh, step away, having over uh, been the boss for something like this. He tried to uh, take credit for it. And then the, uh, I saw the guy uh, that, uh, that was accused of beating up the two women uh, uh, released a statement uh, and... Uh, Disputed some of the facts of the uh, of the piece, but, but praised uh, Cuban, praised Cuban, and praised the uh, HR director. Right, which leads you to believe that they must have been covered for him. Otherwise, why would you do that? Well, uh, I think he praised them for uh, giving him a chance to go get consoling that he's a better human now than he used to be. So, oh well, the, the, that's the good. Story Earl K. That, Sneed is his name. Yeah, yeah the story that we uh, hear, hear often. So. Yeah, it's a uh, it's uh, it's not real good for the end. Yeah, I th- I wonder if uh, I wonder if knowing the SAI article was coming increased the fine for tampering. If uh, eh, it's kind of hip, a re- or you mean tanking? They were looking for a re- tanking. Yeah, I don't tanking. know. It sounds like apples and oranges. If it was, maybe well, they could have hit him with a million. But, uh, you know, he could have hit him with a million if he wanted. Yeah, yeah. The statement about tanking wasn't that blatant. I didn't think so. I I don't know what they're. The NBA's uh, join the club here, fellas. There's uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, embarrassment in the world of sports here pretty soon as these things continue. Yeah, to we, me too is growing. It's funny too. The Mavericks actually put out a very proactive, vague, proactive statement last night, knowing the Sports Illustrated story was coming out. It's actually been out. People have been talking about it three, four days that it was on the way. So yeah, everybody knew it was coming. I think it had dropped last night. It must be in this week's magazine coming up too. 
one of those old school investigatory pieces that magazines like Sports Illustrated used to pride themselves on. You don't see too many papers doing it now that we're scrambling just to cover day to day in a whack a mole world. Yeah, it is. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the uh, we don't know what's going on down here with uh, Miguel and the mm-hmm. accusation against him. Uh, according to him, baseball hasn't even talked to him yet. They so got to be don't. doing some due diligence, I would say. They they might be re- doing the real due diligence, not unlike the Vikings do with every draft choice. Um, but I think that you know MLB is also very aware of how bad the NFL botched the Ray Rice case, and yeah, I keep this. thinking that if this happened in a shopping mall, there's got to be a tape somewhere. Yes, and uh, you know who knows who's saying what right now. So we know we don't know what's uh, what version is 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 uh, true here. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens on the deal. But the baseball doesn't seem to be in any hurry. They pretty much promised the Twins they'd have a some kind of a verdict by the time they uh, open training camp, spring training, and that hasn't happened. So. Hey, Pat, I know we got a break here, but I know you wanted, when we come back, I know you had thoughts on Billy Graham uh, yes. that you wanted to get to. But I also, uh, courtesy of Dave Harrigan, I have a great piece of audio about, of Bob Ryan. I think this was on uh, uh, PTI or yeah, Around the yeah, Horn. Whatever. I listened to it today, yes. I, I was not involved, by the way. I know. I just I just wanted to get your reaction. He's talking about sports writers and uh, the, the uh, drinking with the great Free, Calvin uh, Griffin. Oh, jeez. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll have that when we get back. The Reverend Billy Graham, evangelist, counselor to U.S. presidents, trendsetter, uh, died today at 99. That's a pretty pretty good run. I think he had been ill for quite some time. Yes, but, uh, he had. Uh, the impact this man had on uh, the culture uh, is uh, probably pretty hard to measure. And the first president of Northwestern Bible College, which I believe was St. Paul Bible College, out here in Roseville. He in was the, uh, 1940s, yeah. So or before maybe he, early 50s, before yeah, he got on TV school, yeah, he was just starting to become prominent. But that was uh, one of his first jobs out there, which I didn't know until I went a, went out there to do a story on their basketball team when they out, upset St. Thomas in the NCAA tournament a few years ago, and I saw some um, uh, thing uh, to Billy Graham there, and I said, okay, what's his? He must have stopped by here and made a speech or something. No, he was the president there. So uh, he was, you know, if uh, if there's a higher place and Billy doesn't make it, there's not much hope for the rest of us. I would think so. He, no, not at all. He converted a lot of people. You know, they were in Madison Square Garden, I think, in the 50s for like six weeks, and they packed that place. In the uh, with his one of his first uh, you know revivals, revivals at uh, in Madison Square Garden forever, and every night the great George Beverly Shea sang "How Great Thou Art," and uh, maybe before the show's over we can play that because he is he was fantastic. But, now, uh, was he an Old Testament fire and brimstone guy, or was he more? Well, he heal he could heal he could help. He wasn't quite as far down that road as oral roberts but yeah he was uh he was very inspirational but he wasn't uh you know he, he, I, he, he just made a very from what i could tell he just made it i i didn't go and sit through many of these so uh but uh he was uh certainly influential and i don't know how many times did he uh 
show up to give the invocation at the inauguration of presidents, I think. He was there pretty much all the time there for about 20 years. So. He became sort of a regular. I mean, it was almost like yeah. the Helen Thomas of the uh, the, yes. the, the sermon. He, and I, now on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, who else died <laughs> this, today? This was around the horn, right, Oh, Ravers? yes, yes. Uh, Bob Ryan, one of, your, one of your pals, Patrick. Bob Ryan yes, was out around the, the horn. Bob Ryan was on uh, around the horn. Is he retired from the Globe or is he still writing? Uh, he's sort of a columnist emeritus. Okay, he, gotcha. He uh, writes every once in a while. Uh, he was talking about drinking, sports writers drinking and how the they, best. Somebody was asking him about that. Oh, I is guess. that what it was? Okay, yeah, I, I forgot yeah. how it got brought up, but he mm-hmm. was talking about how nobody touched Minneapolis when it came to uh, to drinking uh, as a sports writer. The best press room in the league, and I'll well, shut up after this, because of the traditional reverence for the media and, and the tradition. No, Minnesota, because of the Griffiths. <laughs> the famous story, and this is a promise I will shut up, gospel truth, the record leaving the uh, Minnesota press room was 5 a.m., after an afternoon game. <laughs> oh, come on. That is hard for I'm just telling you the story. Now, I, I wasn't present for that. That is a story that was told over and over again to me when I, when I uh, got on the beat. And, and so, and I, and I, but, so 5 in the morning after an afternoon game. That's the AL record as far as we know. I was I was involved in uh, many incidents in that uh, <laughs> twins room, but not this one. This one was, uh, by all legend, was the early baseball writers for the California Angels, and uh, they were staying, I believe, at the Thunderbird Hotel. Sure. And the legend is, <laughs> it's early sunrise time, you know, some middle of the summer, five a.m., and they're walking across. The pre- from the press room over to the Thunderbird, and they're all kind of, they're stretched out, right? There's about 10 or 11 of them, and they're, they're all stretched out. It looks like Lawrence of Arabia, you know, going across the desert. And they're, they're, probably the Baton like, Death March after like, that. They're like, you know, 8, 10, 12 yards apart, and they're all, you're carrying typewriters back then, okay? You're not carrying computers. And the Angels, when they came to Los Angeles... To get the media to pay any attention to them, because the Dodgers owned the town, you know, 1961. They paid for their flights, the the media, the sports writers' flights, for their hotels, and for their drinking and eating. Oh my so God! These guys, the Halcyon these days. Guys, they put they put sports writing freeloading on a epic level and uh, uh some of those guys were did anybody ones. rip them <laughs> of the angels yeah, no i can't Hell, imagine they were, a, they were a feisty young hard-working expansion team that was worth your uh, dollars i'm sure uh, to come out and watch them play but, could you imagine taking all that graft and then turning around and burying them, burying them. Yeah, <laughs> last take, day of the season yeah that would take some chutzpah but you know the angels started in 61 and then 62 they were actually in the race with uh, Rigney as the manager in uh, 62, 60, they, they had decent clubs then. But, uh, yeah, that's the legendary one that uh, the, the, was the Angels uh, writers, uh, Bud Farello and some of those Well, guys. but if keep this in perspective, it was only 3 a.m. Los Angeles time. That's true. Uh, you know, that my is guess true. is this was the second game. <laughs> if it's a weekend series and it was a Saturday afternoon game, the game was probably at 1 o'clock Sunday. They should have just stayed there. Oh, my God. What you, what you should know, though, Rivers, is not only it might have been only three when they were 
Pacific Coast time when they were stumbling across the parking lot. But if the game started at 1, that means it started at 11 a.m. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> that two hours works both ways. <laughs> yeah, oh which means it ends at 2, you crank out your stuff, you start drinking by 5, I would say. Even the latest, when, when I'm at PM. my zenith, I don't think I could do that. 12 hours? Ele- 11, 8 of... Well, that's more than 12. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying that uh, they might add a toddy or two, a Bloody Mary before the game, yes, down in the press room when they were eating breakfast. But I would think you're upstairs, you're writing. They didn't actually bring the booze to the press box back then at Met Stadium. So Until after the... You, so you get done writing, and you do. if you really give them a diligent effort, you're back downstairs drinking by 5 p.m., and you're not leaving until 5 a.m. Diligent so. effort. At the Metrodome, <laughs> until they tore that place down, uh, they would bring up cans of beer in, in honor of, uh, yeah. uh, I believe, Griffith. But That's they, the only uh, place the, I ever drank The first two writing. or three years... The first two or three years at the Metrodome, uh, you could get booze in the press room, but then they stopped doing that probably in the late 80s, early 90s. But it was never like, you know, the Met, Met Center. Where, did they ever have you know, a thing, Patrick, like they did down at the horse track in Shakopee where they actually had the free beer in a pop machine? You could have Coke, you could have Sprite, you could no. have light beer or regular beer. We had Artie the bartender. Artie served us, except when you came down after the game, Artie was hammered. <laughs> you to serve him. You'd have but, to serve uh, him. <laughs> the all-timer, Kenny, and I better do this quick, is I wrote, I was the beat writer in 74, and they were dying, you know, there 690,000 people was attendance that year. And that was my first year for the St. Paul paper. And they lost a doubleheader in the middle of the season, and there were rumors that they might go to Seattle because they were looking for a team. The Seattle was suing them because they'd only had a team for one year. And I wrote a column about, I wrote a game story that it said it was a two-act play called Death of a Franchise. And they put that in the headline. <laughs> oh, my. And... The Twins were so mad, they put up a sign that said, Press Room Closes at Midnight. (laughs) But luckily, two of the Angel Riders burned it off the wall. (laughs) They they basically put a badge to it. Hoggy Miller and Johnny Stellman just burned the damn thing, and they forgot about the rule. (laughs) But they they were not going to put up with closing the... uh, press room at midnight, oh, but they were fantastic. mad for about three days. This aggression will not stand. No, no that was it. Right out of this. Right out of John Goodman, man. Right oh out of God. Walter's soap. Uh, soap check, yeah. Soap check. Yeah. Alright, we'll be back with the news update and a little bit more sports talk right after this. And now we're going to head out east and get the Your Money Now report. It comes to us courtesy from Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. From the Wall Street Journal, here is Bruce Vale with Your Money Now. And it's not a great report today. A nice stock market rally fizzled in the final hour of trading as investors tried to digest the minutes from the most recent Federal Reserve meeting. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 166 points, closing at 24,797. The Nasdaq Composite dropped 16 points, and the S&P 500 lost 14. 3M shares fell more than 1%. Late yesterday, the company agreed to pay the state $850 million to settle a case alleging that it damaged natural resources and contaminated 
contaminated groundwater by disposing of chemicals over decades. Minnesota was seeking $5 billion in a case that focused on the company's disposal of chemicals once used to make Scotchgard and some other products. Neapolitan M&Ms are coming to Target stores. The retailer is getting the candies for a limited time. They're supposed to taste like chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry ice cream with all three flavors in each M&M. They are Target's exclusive flavor for the spring. I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. What? In the... I see the How about those pipes, huh? I hear the chorus wonder. Oh, how great thou art. Yes. Am I the only one that knows the words? So how great yeah. thou art? I know the chorus. <laughs> Here it comes. Things my Why are we playing this? Billy Graham. Uh, Billy Graham. Billy Graham died. Oh, right. My grandma worked for him in the 60s downtown Minneapolis. She was one of his secretaries. Yeah. <laughs> And oh Kenny, uh, this is oh George Beverly Shea, who's singing this, sang this every night in Madison Square Garden for two months when they had yeah. one of their things. And Love this song. He could fill up the room. Yeah, yeah see, the Catholics don't. We don't have that. We don't no. do this. On one. Eagle's Wings, isn't that a good one for the Catholics? Well, that's when you die. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't get to hear that one. Right. They play it in your honor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your family, every family, every they think that's you know you know that's when you play that one. That's when good somebody point. Dies. Yeah, you're right. It is the best was when we'd have the kids choir. And my old man would always roll his eyes when we did the Go Now in Peace. He'd say, mm-hmm. "Oh God, the kids choir again." <laughs> everybody's <laughs> off by like one or two beats. <laughs> that's what makes it awesome. Yeah, that's right. All right, Johnny. Anyway. <laughs> it's sunny and 18 degrees. Girls State Hockey Tournament, Class A action today. Rock- wow. Yes. Proctor. I just I didn't know it started. Oh, is that where Matt is? Today? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. uh, his his gal plays tonight. He's pre gaming right now. Yeah. We got to root against them, don't we? I think we. It's St. Paul United. You can. It's against Alexandria. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm pulling know, for the Cardinals. Get, get rookie. Yeah, Kenny's hometown the, against Rooks. The lady the cards, yep. You going to dust off the old football uni for the game tonight, Kenny? <laughs> Break out the old glasses? Yeah. Can you imagine my gut in that <laughs> oh, That'd be so sweet. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I'd probably have to lift it up and let the gut hang out. Proctor. Hermantown beat Red Wing 2 to nothing. Proctor, Hermantown is one team? That's correct, yes. And, and it's girls. a big upset, too. They beat who? Red Wing. Uh, Red Wing. Oh, okay. Brent- yeah, well, how come Pro- Hermantown's like this massive powerhouse, and now we let them have Proctor, too? That's just girls. And boys, they're they're doing fine. Okay. Hey, by the way, do you know Proctor, greatest nickname in uh, in Minnesota sports, the Rails, because they used to be a railroad yard huh. out there, the Proctor Rails back in the day. Uh, Breck was a 9-2 to two winner over Marshall, and tonight it's New Ulm and War Road, and as we said, St. Paul United and Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Go for we Man- want Brook back. We, we miss Brooke's good humor, so go Cardinals. Go Cardinals. <laughs> go for men's team wraps up the home portion of their schedule tonight. They're playing Iowa at Williams Arena. Well, there's no reason for him not to be here tomorrow anyway because they don't play tomorrow. Yeah, he'll be here tomorrow, he said. Okay. Friday and what if they lose? Wednesday and Friday. If they lose, they'll be. play If they tomorrow. lose, it's a consolation He's game at 8 Ritter. in the morning. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, one uh, ex-twins note: The Rays have agreed to a one-year deal with Carlo Gomez. 
Carlos. Go-Go. Okay, so they get rid of Sosa and they're going to bring in Go-Go. How yeah. many teams has this guy played on in his career? Oof. It's got to be a dozen up at to least. A lot. No, 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 no. Four, Five, maybe. Five. This is a six team. Six. Okay. News notes from today, U.S. Representative Tim Walls, a Democratic candidate for Minnesota governor and longtime gun rights supporter, has proposed an assault weapons ban in the state. Walls has faced repeated attacks from Democratic competitors because of his past support from the NRA. In a statement this week, Walls says he's been listening closely to the anger, grief, and frustration. He says he's donated all his past donations from the NRA to charity, says he won't take NRA money anymore, and now expects the group to spend heavily to defeat him. Did you uh, see the big wussy governor down here in Florida? Yeah. The uh, kids are outside, and he won't it, come out and talk yeah, to Yeah, careful, though. It, sound, it sounds like I, I was kind of piling on him, too, but it sounds like uh, he was attending the funeral of one of the victims. That's why he's not there. Oh, okay. So, right. well, oh, boy. Well, I don't know why his office couldn't just come out and say that yes. uh, and not allow people to fill the vacuum with scorn. But Yes. As we speak, uh, students are meeting with the president, so... Uh, I saw that as I was walking in there. They just came the in. The trumpeter met with them? Good for oh, you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Orono schools are on lockdown today following a social media post threatening gun violence that would occur at noon today. Uh, the last update about 20 minutes ago on Twitter said all students are safe but remain in lockdown. Schumann and OIS, the intermediate school, would be dismissed at 345, they said. K-5 through bus dismissals at 4 o'clock. And they say the middle school and the high school will remain locked down for now. Their dismissal time will be announced later. All after-school activities have been canceled. The police department said in a release it received two threats through social media, one that was vague and another that was a direct threat of gun violence at Orono Schools. The police there have requested help from Hennepin County and the FBI. The district had said earlier that a separate concerning social media post last night was investigated, determined not to be a threat. Police in the district said the threats are not connected. So three then, John. The one last night that wasn't a threat, and then two today. Is two, that correct? Two threats through yeah. social media right. today. These yeah. idiots know how quickly they can be found through the social media if the FBI or somebody gets involved. Yeah, they, uh, I don't think they're thinking this through. Did somebody have a test today they wanted to get out of? Is that what's going on? Know. This is not like the old days when we were <laughs> yes. kids. Eighteen people injured, local officials said, after reports of a ferry explosion today in Mexico. Three Canadians and 15 Mexicans hurt, according to the officials. Local media reported the explosion took place on a ferry at the pier of Playa del Carmen, popular Ooh. resort town on Mexican's Caribbean coast. Uh, there were no deaths reported. Injuries did not appear to be life-threatening, according to the local government. Who did we know who just was there? Wasn't somebody from the station just there, Playa del Carmen? I, I don't thought. know. Okay. That's the one that's south of Cancun, right? A little, a little further down than Cancun is. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in Maui. Whatever. <laughs> okay. See you, fellas. Uh, you had this one on GL Murph, but uh, let me tell these guys about the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, <laughs> moderating a gubernatorial debate in Pennsylvania a month prior to the general election. The Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry announced it has extended an invitation to the 2018 gubernatorial candidates for a 45-minute debate at the 34th Annual Chamber Dinner this October. And yes, Alex Trebek will serve as the dinner's... <laughs> you can ask them questions. Yeah, can we what? do it Jeopardy style? <laughs> yeah, they got to answer in a form of a question. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Trebek was born in Canada, became a naturalized citizen here in 1998. In an email to Salon, he described himself as a social liberal and a fiscal conservative. He also told The Hill he thought the 2016 presidential race was, quote, very disappointing on both sides. He said he'd like to moderate a presidential debate if he could 
at some point. Oh, hell, let's just put him in the office. Sure. No. I'll vote for him. As Reavers said, it's got to be Will Ferrell doing Alex Trebek. How long has Alex had that name. job? Oh. All right, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. I uh, had to pick up my podium from the, from the grass. Well, you're not late. You weren't invited. <laughs> I'd like to solve the puzzle, Alex. This isn't Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Who is Andre the Giant? One more. Hey, man. Is that an answer to a question? No, I was just wondering... Uh, just wondering who is Andre the <laughs> Oh, God, he's funny as Burt Reynolds. So great. I like to solve the puzzle, Alex. <laughs> Police are who was s- that? Norm MacDonald? That was yeah, Norm MacDonald. The genius Norm MacDonald. I haven't seen that one. So Here, good. I'll email it to you right now. Police are searching for vandals who destroyed nearly a dozen speed cameras in Washington, D.C., according to the local police department there. Authorities say they discovered 11 speed cameras throughout the nation's capital damaged between 2.30 and 3.30 in the morning. Officers reported some of the cameras' wiring had been ripped out from where they were mounted. At one location, a police officer saw two cameras that had been pushed over and a camera that had been ripped off the wiring from where it was mounted. The criminal act declared as vandalism in a statement released by the Metropolitan Police, uh, Metropolitan Police Department. Authorities also mentioned at least one suspect is already under investigation. And Massachusetts transportation officials are under fire for authorizing a no-bid contract for a tiny $100,000 bathroom inside a state office building. Local TV station reports the 115-square-foot bathroom and adjoining kitchenette was installed last year at the State Transportation Building inside the new State Transportation Department boardroom. The project was fast-tracked, not put out to bid, which is usually done for state projects to make contractors compete for the work and keep costs down. Uh, Greg Sullivan, the former State Inspector General, who's now Research Director at the Pioneer Institute, says the cost is outrageous. All right, thank you, John. We'll be back with more Sports Talk right after this. Hey, Kenny. Yes, sir. I was uh, stopped at the 7-Eleven today to get my Diet Cokes, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a young lady in a ramshackle kind of 15-year-old car there. Like an old Taurus or something? (laughs) Yeah. Eye patch. Oh, Oh, really? Yikes. Lots of tats and a heater, and I thought... Yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's living. That's, that's living. That's right up my guy's alley, right yeah, there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Pick, pick her Miss, up from Mrs. Uh, Olson. Better watch her b's and q's, else uh, you, Kenny could be moving to Fort Myers. You pick her up after she's released on parole. <laughs> drive her home to the trailer court. Maybe stop at a hotel on the way. Motel. What are you talking for about? For an hour and a half. <laughs> nah, make it fifteen minutes. <laughs> I bet she can cook her own meth. <laughs> Uh, was it just a generic eye patch, or did she have something uh, no, ironic? I think, I think she was missing an eye. Okay, <laughs> she had a Raiders. The best I on could it. tell, but I didn't get over there and ask. Excuse her. me, Miss. <laughs> it was signed that by, just for a fact. <laughs> you're missing an eye. It was signed by Mike Zimmer. <laughs> oh yikes! John Height, take us in for a soft landing. Wow. Authorities say a man destroyed a suburban Detroit home while trying to use a smoke bomb to rid a crawl space of skunks. Well, I don't blame him for trying to get rid of him. Sounds like a Joe Souchere thing, though. Mm-hmm. Something he might do. Mm-hmm. Detroit Free Press reports the man's attempt sparked to fire Monday that quickly spread from the crawl space to the first floor, through all the walls in the attic of the rental property. 
Ferndale Fire Chief Kevin P. Sullivan says the house was a complete loss, and he says no skunk carcasses were found. <laughs> so maybe there wasn't actually Never was skunks? a skunk. Perhaps It's sure it's scam. <laughs> Speaking of fire stories, a Georgia woman who had recently lost her home to her ex-husband in a bitter divorce battle, decided oh. if she could live there, nope. nobody could. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So Adrienne Satterley stacked up mattresses in her living room and set them on fire. <laughs> Unfortunately for Adrienne, the fire quickly spread out of control, burned down her home, and damaged 19 others in the neighborhood. Wow. Oh. She meant business. Hell hath no fury. <laughs> wow. Oh she might be serving a little time. Uh-huh. WSB-TV reports that Satterley set the fire and then left the house with her two cats. Authorities say she walked for over an hour to the local Walmart, where she then called 911 to report the fire. Kenny, you can also pick this scale up on parole in a couple of months. <laughs> no, it's going to be a few years. That's true. Like the, cat. the cats aren't... Nah, I don't like the cats part of that. Her home was one of four houses that were destroyed. 16 others suffered damage. Luckily... In all this, only one person was injured in the massive fire, and the Paulding Fire Department said that was just a minor injury. She has been charged with 14 counts of first-degree arson, three counts of aggravated animal cruelty because two dogs and one cat died as a result of the fire. Her daughter, uh, the woman who lost two dogs, said she also lost everything else in the fire besides the dogs. Saturday is being locked up in the Paulding County Jail where she's being held without Bond. The, did the daughter say anything about her mother's issues, uh, that she may maybe have some emotional issues? No, this was the daughter of a woman who lost two dogs, oh, not, not the oh. not the fire uh, lady. Okay, oh, not so, the daughter uh, of them. our buddy on uh, on Twitter, Julie, um, what was her, what's her handle, WW, what would Ozzy, Bozzy, or Ozzy, yeah, what, what would Ozzy do? Uh, she sent me a note here, uh, an important road closure uh, note, both directions of Highway 3 between County Road 46 and County Road 42 are currently shut down to a structure fire. That's uh, down in Rosemont again. Both directions, Highway 3 between 46 and 42, shut down due to a fire. So um, make a move if you must. So what you're saying, John, is parole is probably not an option, but maybe a conjugal visit of some type here? <laughs> maybe. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Noted. The, <laughs> the uh, feeding habits of a Cooper's hawk may fascinate bird watchers. But employees of a New York bank are fed up with the remnants of slaughtered pigeons that a hawk has been <laughs> A hawk has been killing and devouring pigeons. He's near- the U.S. Bank Stadium of Hawks. <laughs> near the entrance to the M&T Bank in suburban Syracuse for several weeks now. Property manager Joseph Matlin told the Syracuse Post Standard that bank staff are terrified and disgusted. Matlin says the bank tried putting up a fake owl to shoo the hawk away. Jake McGowan of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology says the hawk probably won't care about the owl, but its pigeon prey might be scared off. Colorful, crow-sized Cooper's hawks have become common in cities and suburbs where flocks of pigeons and bird feeder visitors make easy pickings for the hawks. And a great coincidence, John, there was just a hawk floating here right above me in the, uh, really? in the over Lee County, sta- over Hammond Stadium, yes. Huh. Um, Patrick, did you ever check out Phyllis Kahn's uh, Twitter account? She's uh, she's dedicated her life now to the birds that oh, are being okay. killed by you the stadium. You told me that, and I forgot to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's, she's uh, like you, she's tweeting pictures of dead birds, but <laughs> I think she's, she's on the other side of the argument, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
A surprise passenger on an international flight captured video of a woman using the overhead air conditioning vent to dry a pair of underpants. Oh <laughs> <laughs> video recorded February 14th aboard a Ural Airlines flight from Antalya, Turkey to Moscow. Shows the woman holding a pair of panties over her head to dry under the air vent. <laughs> What's now, can you describe them? I guess they weren't. A, yeah, this is not a g-string or a thong, is it? These well, are the granny panties, aren't they? I did see a picture. Yeah, uh, they were not granny panties, uh, and it must have been a younger woman. They were smallish. Show oh. okay. They, okay. They, it wasn't a thong, like, but they were small. Like bikini. Yeah, you know, exactly. you know what, the reason, what the reason was that we did uh, they were what? explained to us. We did not, but a witness told Russian were media. Were they sopping? The line I thought I might hear, but I didn't want to, right there. A witness told <laughs> Russian media, <laughs> witness told Russian media other passengers were watching the woman and she held the underwear over her head for about 20 minutes. Oh, bless They were sopping then for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody said a word to her, including the flight crew. No, because they probably knew she was nuts. Witness said people looked with surprise and bewilderment, but everybody was silent. Uh, I really what? like those high cut panties. They fit me really well. <laughs> what uh, what punishment did we give her? We, did we? No, nobody finally... even talked to her. Nobody okay. said a word. And then after twenty minutes, she uh, you know that's she because on the hot crazy matrix, she's in the no go zone. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I thought you were going to say after twenty minutes, she put them back on. Right. <laughs> Uh, KFC, I don't know if you've read about this. They've been having problems in the United Kingdom this week. They don't chicken have any, shortage, right? Yeah, they don't have any chicken, so they had to close over half of their 900 outlets in the United Kingdom this week. Uh, people are reacting uh, in a way they shouldn't. They're calling the police to complain about this. <laughs> They're using the uh, the equivalent of the Great Britain 911. <sighs> Officers in Manchester are pleading, for those who keep contacting us about KFC being out of chicken, please stop. Police in London joined them in tweeting the chicken shortage was not a police matter, but neither force could confirm how many calls they had received. KFC tweeted that more than half of its restaurants had finally reopened by Tuesday afternoon. But the uh, chicken crisis looks set to continue. Hundreds of outlets remain closed. Others will have a reduced what, menu what, or short. What, what is these? Why? Why, Johnny? Why? Uh, ch- chicken farms are out of business in England or what? This story has been uh, circulating since Monday, and there's been no explanation why there's a chicken shortage in Great Britain <laughs> okay. when there's not anywhere else. That so. would really, that upsets me, but it would really upset the mayor. <laughs> yes. That is you he a KFC guy? Oh, that you no, didn't know that, why. I don't no, have the reason why. Yeah. See those chickens over there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They look pretty good. <laughs> All right, we'll that be back. Was all, uh, that was all off the top, by the way, too. They just told Groden to make De Niro laugh, so he came <laughs> up with that line. Midnight run, right? Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll be back with the uh, wrap-up uh, sports talk right after this. Pat, what's the headline out of Fort Myers today? Oh, uh, they uh, t- today was the always popular uh, photo day, so the boys got started a little late, and it took uh, you know took a little longer, but uh, nothing really going on. Nobody's gotten hurt, uh, and uh, the uh, first game tomorrow night against the Gophers, they, they're going to play as you might expect a bunch of uh, uh, fellas off the third team. But the, the headline, I guess, is Dozier returned from his did- kidney stones. He okay, I got I got I'm going to hand the baton to you here real quick, Pat. Thanks for having me. All right, Murph. Thanks. Take it easy. The South Dakota Stories. Volume 3. 
It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new, with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.